Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am really excited tonight. We're going to have a very entertaining, comical uh, show tonight because we have Joseph James coming on in a moment. And he is a comedian, he's a comic book writer, and he's going to talk about a ton of other stuff tonight, and he's really going to capture this audience's attention. So we will bring him on in a moment. I always like to briefly start out my show and um, introduce everyone to the show and the concept and how I developed it. Um, I can't believe it's almost been a year. It's going to be a year at the end of this March since I launched uh, this show in this forum. And I really wanted to create a show where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry and promote them and help them get their names out there uh, to the world and the masses because I personally know how difficult it can be, especially when you are an independent person who manages your career on your own. So the forum for this show was really meant to just support people that are doing uh, great things out there. It could be comedians, musicians, filmmakers, authors, um, and the list goes on. And I've had everyone on my show from very uh, renowned, well-known people in the industry to people who are up and coming. And I really want to keep it open to all different types of people to help them, again, get their names out there. So just a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a clinical psychologist. And one of the things I really enjoy doing with my clinical psychology background is interviewing people. Um, I do request, and just put this out there in the front, excuse me, that... um, the show isn't meant to provide any type of formal therapy or treatment. I do, uh, you know, I do entertain people, and in the sense that people want to talk about psychological concepts uh, in a broad framework, I will just address them. But the show isn't going to be personalizing anything to specific people, because um, again, I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not a top psychologist, and I like to keep my two professions um, separate. But one of the things I love doing, as I mentioned, is interviewing people. And then the other thing I enjoy is being involved in the entertainment industry. And um, I do everything from writing for magazines where I combine a lot of advertising and marketing types of concepts with psychology to help people get their names out there. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter with an album out. And if you search my name on iTunes, you can find my album. And um, I have the radio show now, too. So on my show, people are going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like and what it's like to be in their profession. If you are tuning into the show right now, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And if you want to call in tonight, I have all this stuff available in the chat room. Um, You can dial 805-243-1320. I also have information in the chat room about Joseph James with his website, which we will, of course, be plugging numerous times tonight, as well as um, some of the titles of his comic books that people can find at amazon.com, and we will also be discussing those tonight. And finally, the last thing I just kindly request people to do is I do want my guests and anyone who calls in to feel open to discuss whatever they'd like, but I just ask that if you're going to talk about any specific uh, persons or organizations that you keep the names anonymous as, although I want my show to be entertaining, it's not meant to formally uh, embarrass or humiliate anyone. Okay, so let me tell everyone about Joseph James, and I like to always give a little background information if I have it available on on how I met my guests. Um, It's been such a great experience for me personally because I've just been able to meet so many different people through a lot of my previous guests that I've interviewed. 
So I actually met Joseph James on Facebook um, after I had interviewed Scott Meany and Chris Laudando, who are the creators and writers of Constellation Park. So I definitely wanted to just plug them and throw that out there. And again, for all of you comic book uh, people out there who love these comic books, please check out Constellation Park. You can go to Amazon.com. And I know that Joseph James is also good friends with uh, Scott Chiefo, who is uh, from the movie Clerks. That's where people um, know him from, but he's been in a ton of other stuff. And he also was on my show previously, um, and he'll be coming back on in the future. He just released his poetry book, which is titled Vicious Dogs Attack Me in Sleepless Nights of Summer, which, as you can imagine, as a psychologist, I, I love that title, and it's very uh, very intriguing. So people definitely have to check out his book, too, which is also available at Amazon.com. So let me get to the guest now, because we definitely want to pump him up and get him on the show. All right, so Joseph James is a stand-up comic and a comic book writer. And as a stand-up comic, he has performed regularly at comedy shows with many renowned and well-known comedians who have appeared on The Tonight Show, The Howard Stern Show, Last Comic Standing, WWE, and the Half Hour Comedy Central Specials. He's also appeared on Troma's Edge TV, and he runs the Rodney King of Comedy Show, which occurs approximately 10 times a year in Staten Island, and I'm sure he's going to be bringing that up tonight and talking about how it's going to be expanding to other areas as well as become a part of special events and house parties in the near future. In addition to being a stand-up comic, as I mentioned, he's also a comic book writer, and he's co-written um, some comic books with Scott Meany, who I'd mentioned earlier of Constellation Park, and Scott has done a lot of the um, illustrations, which he's amazing at doing illustrations with for these comic books. And they are titled, and I definitely want to ask him, and Joseph has to make me remember this, uh, PP Face and Super B. And I want to know how the heck did he come up with these character names because they're just they're hysterical and very creative, as well as Freak and Balls, uh, starring ECW wrestler Balls Mahoney and Freak and Maniacs, which is another comic book of his, starring former WCW hardcore champion Crowbar. So for more information on Joseph Anthony and to access all of his comic books as well as his comedy special um, schedule, sorry about that, visit monkeypantscomics.com. Okay, so let's bring him on. Hi, I made it. Hey, Hi, how guys. are you? You made it. Perfect good. timing. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You forgot to mention you? that. What's good. That? You forgot to mention that I, I've opened for someone who's opened for Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> That's like my oh, I'm my sorry, ghetto please. welfare credits that I have. No, I didn't. Well, I didn't write that in, but it's true. Okay, so let us know who that is. Uh, no, I don't want to plug them. Screw them. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what happens is you you get on these shows and they always have when when you go when you go to a comedy show, mm-hmm. you never know who's advertised might not show up, and they make up for that by. By like Chris Rock will walk in, or or Jerry Seinfeld, or somebody like that, or Jim Gaffigan. Wow! And, uh, and if you're lucky enough, when you do a bunch of shows, when you're starting out, they'll just walk in, and you know, you luck out. I just happened to not be on that show, so a couple of my friends were on it, and they got to perform with Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! Yeah. So. So wait, you weren't on the show, or you were on the show? No, I I, I wasn't, but I've performed with people. That I I um I've been coming up with this six, you know, like the game Six Degrees to Kevin Bacon. 
Okay. I've come up with uh, Six Degrees to Joseph James, and I've only been on like one TV show, some comedy shows, and, and done comic books, so I, I can't use movies. I've never been in a movie, so I okay. have to use <laughs> those, and I'm one degree away from Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Very nice. There and you go. Now I'm well, one degree okay. away from Hulk Hogan from doing stand-up comedy with Raven. So nice. Very nice. Very cool. So I know we have so many different topics tonight, and, and you kind of guide me with what direction you want to go in because I don't want this to be like, you know, an attention deficit disorder show where we're all over the place. <laughs> so I tried, to, I tried to compartmentalize things a little bit so we could talk about your, you know, your comic books, uh, your comedy shows, the wrestling that you're into. And I didn't know what your job was, so I definitely wanted you to kind of bring up what you also do on for your regular job because I thought that was very what I, interesting. What I do, what I do to whore my body out for money, Carrie, is uh, yes. pick up garbage for uh, New York City sanitation, <laughs> and I, I pick up snow too, but not this year. Okay, and Luckily. this is—is is this your own private company or do you work for someone? No, no, for New York City. For oh the, wow! New York. That's great. That's, yeah, I have 13 years left in my sentence. What, so I it's do, a state job then? No, it's a city job. City job, okay. It's a, city job. It's a city, job. but okay. on occasion, on occasion, I do the same thing that uh, prisoners do for punishment. But I do that for a living. It's great. <laughs> do I sound Do I, I sound sure bitter? Some... I'm starting the first, the first five minutes off bitter. No. That's okay. No, you don't sound bitter at all. But no, I mean, hey, you know, that's probably a good start for you to be doing everything else you're doing because you do have a stable income, right? I'm sure you got great benefits, and hey. Yeah. I mean, in this day and age, you know what it's like out there. It's just, it's so hard to launch a career in the entertainment industry. And, you know, a lot of it, unfortunately, is who you know, having luck, being in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, so that's that's really great that you're doing that as well as, you well, know, pursuing your passion. My uh, my passion, my my failure is pending in both areas. It's good. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I promised myself uh, about four and a half years ago that I was going to do stand-up every week. And okay. and then I just that I I convinced myself that I wouldn't re- regret it that I could only you know twenty years from now or ten years from now only good things could happen from it you know from practicing and getting better so that's what I've been attempting. Absolutely. So why don't we while we're on the topic of of comedy why don't you start telling the audience a little bit about you know how you got involved in it you know. What age were you where you started to just get this interest and want to pursue comedy, and what inspired you? Well, I, I've been watching Saturday Night Live since I was like six years old. So okay. I was really into Saturday Night Live, which that's what got me into wrestling, because when Saturday Night Live wasn't on, Saturday Night Main Event was on. So that's It's going to be an ADD show. There's no way that's around it. <laughs> okay, then we'll so, make it that way. I'm just too, yeah, you know, and that's part of my be, problem as a, as yeah, a psychologist and everything. I it's going to be completely very, like, disorganized. Structured. Okay, we'll make it disorganized then. Go for it. <laughs> All right, so that's how we got into into comedy. And my uh, my uncle and my mom always my my uncle's a lawyer. My mom worked for lawyers, but I guess that made them need to be funny because they were always like dressing up in crazy costumes and and being I don't know doing weird stuff and and like physical comedy and stuff when I was young. Okay. So anytime I did something like that, it was hysterical, <clears throat> and. I don't know, I think I drew my first comic book when I was like five or six years old and I couldn't read, so it just, I like had to sit, staple it together and sit and tell people what was going on in it, and then I just drew comics from then to like, till high school, 
Then I started drawing them again in college. It was a boring story, but... <laughs> no, no, not well, at all. Not at then, all. Then, uh, uh, it kind of, the stand, the, uh, I'm all over the place. The comic books is kind of what got me into actually having the balls to do stand-up comedy, because I was like a, I walked around as a character to all the conventions and wrestling events that we were selling comic books at, and they were going to do a roast for this wrestler, Johnny Valiant, and... At the time, I just begged to be on this roast. I was like, I have to be on it. And then I don't even know if the roast ever happened, but we had a friend and uh, like sort of a guy that helped us promote Johnny Diamond, and I ended up we ended up roasting him in my backyard, and uh, <laughs> everyone everyone had it, <laughs> and it's, uh, it actually was really funny and it had a good turnout, and uh, and I did that in 2003, and then it actually took me a year to find. This is back. I was on the internet, and the internet had probably been around for for a decade, but it mm-hmm. took me a really long time to find open mics. They're really hard to find back before badslava.com. If you're if you are an aspiring comic and you want to find all the open mics, go to right. badslava.com. Huh, okay. And, uh, they didn't they didn't have that back then. <laughs> so there's no way to find open mics. So that's how that started. All right, cool. So you were. So how did you? I mean, it seems like you're. Are you in contact with a lot of these wrestlers? And my question too, are you just interested in watching it, or do you actually participate in it? I don't participate in the actual wrestling, but okay. I uh, have some friends that are wrestlers. I, I've always wanted to be a manager, and they wrestlers actually think that everyone that's not a wrestler is a mark. So it's like really hard to get into that, like a like a mark like that will, you know, like a sucker. So, okay. <laughs> I just blew okay. the whole. I just blew a spot on the whole wrestling business. No, but they have that kind of attitude. But the, some some people have been cool. I've I've uh, then I met Bulls Mahoney and at a comic book convention with Scott. It was uh, first comic book convention we did in uh, Big Apple Comic Con in 2002. Cool. And and uh, Bulls Mahoney, like I just kept going to his table. He kept coming to visiting us, and and I was writing a. Uh, a, uh, this is gonna make me sound really nerdy. A fantasy wrestling league on the internet. <laughs> no, that's and, fine. Uh, that's fine. And then I, then I, uh, I put Paul's Mahoney in a story, but, <laughs> but it wasn't a story that could really be written into a comic book. But it gave me the idea to write a comic book with Paul's Mahoney in it. And then, Very uh, cool. we, we contacted him and and we did it. And then we did another one. That's awesome. So in terms of getting a character, like a, a formal wrestler, into one of these comic books, because I've seen, as you know, you sent me them, and they're awesome looking, and you guys did such a great job with the illustration, the content, everything. You physically have to, I guess, get in contact with these people. Is it like a copyright thing that you have to get permission for them to be featured? Yeah, I got I got yeah. uh, everyone. That, everyone that's been in, in comics, we've got to sign releases. So Cool. Very cool. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome that you've been able to, you know, combine your two passions together, which include wrestling and comedy and Saturday Night Live and all that other stuff that you've been into. So, like you said, the kind of the comic books was kind of the launch or the forum that helped you, I guess, get up the confidence to start performing live. So talk a little bit about what that's been like for you in terms of your experiences and and the type of uh, comedy that you enjoy doing. Well, I used to like to do shock comedy, and now I'm doing like a combination of that and and like observational humor and stuff, and just talking about. I I um 
sometimes don't know if I want to do. I know I don't want to be political, but like everyone has a persona that right. I think the most successful people. This is horrible in comedy, or, or like the people that the persona that like the main the whole audience sees you as. You have to run with like whatever stereotype you are, and you'll be successful. The problem is I don't have any stereotype. I'm just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I started out like white dude in in his early thirties. That was it. That was <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, well, give us an example so the audience can kind of understand what you're talking about. Give us an example of a comedian that, you know, not in a negative way, but has a stereotype in terms of what you're talking about, and that's kind of what they use to, you know, draw well, like any, to anyone like, like Chris Rock is a god in comedy, but he's like like an angry black guy, and then, you right, know, right, like, right. you know, when, when any, any, or like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of gay comics that, that play up. I've seen a guy, I've actually performed, I can't remember his name, which is good, because it won't, like, incriminate him, right? But I performed <laughs> with him three or four years ago, and I couldn't tell he was gay, until he said it in his like five minutes into his act, but then I saw him at Comedy Cellar, um, say like three years later, as mm-hmm. I was just sitting in the audience as a, as a fan, and he was covered in glitter and he was doing his acting. He was like, "Oh boy, he's uh, acting it all out." Oh my so gosh! He, he ran. He was really funny before that, but he really ran with that stereotype. Right. Right. Okay. So I, I understand what you're saying. Um, so you really think, I guess, like you're saying, that someone has to have that type? I don't know. I mean, I, I've been going out to a lot of comedy shows for the past couple of years. Never really was interested in it. I mean, I've always had a sense of humor, but just really started enjoying it. And I, I really like the people that do a lot of improv, you know, that, that take the audience into their comedy as well as have their own, you know, bits that they do. And some of the people I've seen, I wouldn't necessarily say they have... I don't know, a persona or something. They might have a certain style in terms of their delivery, you know, and how they, you know, provide information and deliver stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. I actually like the the bitter white 40-year-old guy that that (laughs) – I I don't have kids, but I I like when guys – I don't know, maybe it makes me feel better about my life. I like when guys complain about – they're middle-aged and they complain about their wife and kids. Like, oh, I don't have to worry about that shit. Right, right. Well, that's here. I'll, I'll give him a quick plug because he doesn't mind anyway. But I don't know if you've heard of Joseph Anthony, but I've interviewed him twice, and that's that's a perfect example. If you ha- if you ever get to see him perform, there you go. I mean, this is a guy that just does a lot of that in mm-hmm. his stand up act. It's hysterical. It's really good stuff. So you have to check him out. But um, so where are you at now in terms of are you doing shows right now? Please plug yeah, in where um... people can. Confined, yeah. yeah, the Rodney Kings of Comedy is, uh, it's like, even though it's a live show, I, I pretend it's like my TV show, and it's, okay. uh, the season ends in November, and the season premiere is tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, cool, where's that and, at? Uh, that is at a place that used to be called Martini Red, is now called At The Game, it's at 372 Van Duzer Street in Staten Island, right near the ferry. Very cool. And, uh, and what's this? Tell us a little bit about this. I know you host this at least you said ten times a year, and you're looking to expand it. So tell us about the concept of this show, and what can people anticipate when they go to one of these shows? Well, the concept of the show—it's the only show I'm on. I'm on a lot of other people's shows, and mm-hmm. this is the only show where where I get to have 
I get to have as much time as I want, and cool. and I I handpick the comedians. Like it's it's creatively my show, which is the only show out there because I do a bunch of other great people shows, but mm-hmm. but you know there might be comedians on those shows that that you know you might think they're funny, but but they're not people that you know I I would have picked. Maybe <laughs> maybe some right. of them might not be. You know, and sometimes, sometimes some of the people that are on shows I'm on, you know, are uh, are random people that just got booked. They might not be, you know, the quality control of a of a Rodney Kings of Comedy show. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, so how many people do you usually have performing when you do one of these one of these events? Um, I like to keep it. I like to keep it down. Like sometimes, a lot of times when people do an hour and a half show with uh with new comedians or like comedians that aren't, you know, big TV stars, they'll they'll give everyone 10 minutes and have like 10 people or nine people. I like to make okay. it like 5 to 7 people so that I the original concept say like 3 or 4 years ago was a group of people excuse me, a group of people that <laughs> that I used to do open mics with that I only got to see them perf- like I only got to perform for 5 minutes at a time. They performed mm-hmm. for five minutes at a time, but I chose out of like the forty, fifty people I would see perform, I would say like these are the four people that have potential that I think could go on nice. to do like fifteen, twenty minute, and expand their sets, and that's the people that. It's also, it's also like, like a show to entertain me. It's like these are comedians I want to see. Right. That's what I, that's who I put on. Very cool. And so do you have that's, any? That's that's the concept. That's cool. Do you have any way that people can get in touch with you if they are an up-and-coming comedian, they want to be considered for, you know, to do some uh, yeah. stuff on your show? Yeah, you could find me on Facebook, I'm Joseph W. James, or you could email me at monkeypants at si.rr.com. Cool. So Very cool. So you got to bring one of these shows to, are you going to bring one to, like, central New Jersey at all ever? Uh, I'm trying. Whenever someone wants to book me somewhere, right now I'm trying to conquer. I was all over the boroughs and Jersey and trying to perform in Vegas and Philadelphia, but I really, I really want to conquer my own borough right now. Right. I sure. No, I understand. Because absolutely. So. Absolutely. Cool. So, um, in terms of let's digress a little bit, and we'll talk about some of your comic books and. Please plug, you know, where people can uh, purchase these books. So, how did you come up with these these characters, PP Face and Super B? And I just found the names hysterical, and I'm always curious to know how people kind of develop their characters. Uh, the what happened with with those books was the PP Face and and all and like Blue Bug and those characters were <laughs> characters from when I was in like third grade, and I wrote, I just banged out comics, and I and I. Uh, and and then Peepee Face Ew. was Peepee Face was I me and Scott <laughs> Meany were actually together on Halloween, uh ninety nineteen ninety seven on Halloween and I was dressed as uh not that this has anything to do with the story, I was dressed as imposter sting from wrestling. Um I saw this is this might this might get be one dose of the sense of humor that me and Scott have together. Okay. I no, that's saw cool. a girl I saw a girl from across the ferry terminal and she had a witch hat, but she had it in her hand, and I didn't see it. And she had a yellow face, and I said, what is that girl supposed to be for Halloween pee-pee face? <laughs> and he just cracked up laughing. And then that, that actually 
it became like a private joke, and they were like. There were like right. ten or twenty other people started like using peepee face, and then I, then I just started drawing him, like doodling him in college and stuff, and and he became he became like like a version of me as as like a character. Right, right, and, very cool. And then since then I drew him. I can't draw, so I drew I drew him to look like Super B, so that when they met each other. They, it was like they walked around a corner and bumped into each other, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like they had this almost like gay moment where they're like, "Wow, <laughs> that guy's like like they were both lonely, and they, it's like a bromance, a romantic comedy." Right, right, right. That's Keep great. Very creative. I like that. <laughs> so um, I like to so create are... things that take absolutely no effort. They well, just that's, come that's, out. That's what I like too. I mean, I'm a big fan of Seinfeld. I mean, wherever I am, Joseph, I'm just like. Something will happen. I'm just be like, this is a Seinfeld episode. Whether it's me working in the correctional environment that I work in full time, which that's a Seinfeld episode in and of itself in a very disturbing way, or you know, just just being at a diner. Like, there's just I agree. I love that type of stuff where things kind of just randomly happen because you have a good sense of humor and you find some comedy in whatever you're doing. Um, so that's no, really cool. So, what are you are you and Scott working on any new um, comedy books right now? In addition to the ones you have out. Well, he's doing him and Chris Lodando are doing. Uh, I don't know if I will give away that they're doing the Constellation Parsa trilogy, but but oops, they said it. Um, they're doing that, <laughs> and uh, me and Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a part in. I'm not gonna say who I'm playing in the Puppet okay. Apocalypse. I don't know if you've heard oh, of that. I have heard of it. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna be in the Puppet Apocalypse, and I'm hoping. I'm I'm hoping they let me maybe write a two second part for myself. Like I want to be a reoccurring, not a reoccurring character, but a reoccurring actor. And <laughs> I'm hoping Very I get cool. to do that. And uh, I think that's my connection with. Uh, I I don't have the name in front of me, but somebody from the Muppets I think is is going to be a puppeteer on that. And Luke Skywalker was on the Muppets, so that's I'm two degrees away from Luke Skywalker, Carrie. Wow, there you go. <laughs> if you're keeping track of. Six degrees to Joseph James. <laughs> I uh, I figured out that I'm I'm only a couple degrees away from Mariah Carey. Do you know that? Do you ever hear this How Mariah Carey broad? She's got to stop hurting people with her music. Um, I performed <laughs> with this this uh, this young comedian Pete Davidson, who's performed with uh, Nick Cannon, and Nick Cannon has performed in Mariah Carey. So there you go. <laughs> So that's that's only a couple degrees away. That's true. Why don't you write a book, maybe Joseph, with the six degrees of Joseph James? I think there you go. There's, there's your uh, claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> using my my three credits that I have. I think it's funny because all my credits are from like ten years ago, like my comic books, and uh, I got to perform. I've gotten to perform with some people that I that I admire or I'm like an actual fan of. Recently, I. Uh, Last year, I got to do a show with Raven, who is uh, an ECW. That's why it was so exciting to, to do a comic book with Balls Mahoney, because ECW was, like, my favorite thing ever. It was right. wrestling from, like, the 90s. I don't even think they put them on I Love the 90s, but that was, like, the best thing that happened in the 90s was ECW. I got to do a show with Raven. I've uh, gotten to perform on uh, uh, there's this guy, Pat Dixon, that uh, he's a real cool guy. I got to do... Uh, uh, Pat Dixon's Crime Report, which is a podcast, and uh, and some live shows. He has a show, uh, The Nearly Naked Lady Hour, which has okay. like <laughs> ten comedians and then some burlesque. And uh, 
So that's fun. Like maybe some some comedy, some tits, and there's a uh, a bacon bar which they didn't have when I was on it. So I'm like kind of really disappointed. I'm trying to get back on the show, not for the what, tits, but for the what's bacon. What's the bacon bar? I don't, it's like old bacon products, like okay. where I don't know. Maybe you go on stage wearing a jacket made of bacon. I don't know. I don't know. But oh, I hear funny. bacon bar and I'm there. You're there. And what was the okay. other show? I was on Pat Dixon's Midnight Run recently. That was that was a. Uh, I don't know. I killed the night before I was on that show and the night after, but I don't know. I was very entertained by that show, but I don't know if I entertained anyone, but hopefully he has me back. Nice. So, uh, very I should cool. drop a couple, drop a couple names of uh, comedians that uh, have helped me out, or people that if, uh, if you are listening and you want to know who to uh, talk to to get into comedy – you should check out Jeff Lawrence or Clayton Fletcher. They both they're both doing really good things at New York Comedy Club, helping out new comedians. And uh, I like to, I, I want to do I want to do like an Oscar speech on your show. Like when when uh, people <laughs> do you ever watch Ultimate Fighting? They interview the guy that lost, and that guy does a speech for some reason. They like he starts thanking no, I, like his sponsors. I haven't watched that, but he thanks his sponsors. Yeah, it's like it, it's, it's if you watch the Oscars and the guy, the person who loses starts doing a speech. I'd like to thank, I'd like to thank Joe Romby Jr. for helping me out and doing. Uh, just a guy that puts me on shows and does my shows, and uh, the guy Ben Rosenfeld who uh, our website uh, got stolen by by whatever somebody, it expired and somebody stole it and tried to sell it back to me. But then when uh when it when I bought it back. This guy Ben Rosenfeld walked me through, helped me uh, put it back online. So he's a cool guy. Nice. Another guy. I don't know if you know Reverend Bob Levy. Oh, I love Bob with... Levy. I know him. Yeah. Yeah, I got to. I got to a couple shows with him. Very and, cool. Uh, Kurt Metzger. I did. Uh, I bribed him to come to Staten Island a couple of years ago to do a show. And uh, he's a uh, he's a guy on. Uh, he does the voice of the zombie on what the hell is that show? on Ugly Americans. And he was in Last Comic Standing and a bunch of stuff. He's really funny. Nice, very cool. Well, that, I don't know why your 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 confidence, or I'm not sure how to frame it, but you've done a lot of really good stuff. And I think with you continuing to work hard and be persistent, there's no reason you're just going to continue to get bigger and bigger in the industry. That's what my mom tells me every day. But does she? <laughs> what else? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't count. I don't count opinions of of like moms or girlfriends. My mom thinks I'm the most funniest, handsomest, Aww. funniest guy, most talented guy ever. So I don't really. That doesn't really count. <laughs> well, it counts for something. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not what you're looking for, but it definitely counts for something. <laughs> but I do think. I mean, what are? And I always like to get feedback from guests, especially people you know in their particular area of the industry. I mean, what do you think some of the most difficult things are for? comedians that are up and coming in terms of breaking in and trying to get their names out there? What are some of the things that you've encountered along the way? Anything you've learned from it that you can share with people? Um, yeah, the the hard part when you start is doing shows that you have to, you have to like promote yourself. You have to make like the, the draw of the show is up to you. Mm-hmm. When you start, you, you don't really, you shouldn't really pressure yourself with stuff like that when you start. You should um, you should just kind of do open mics and do easy gigs and uh, but the thing is nobody likes performing at, at open mics because open mics are usually <clears throat> just comedians, right? And 
and it'll be a room full of like 15, 20 comedians, and they really just give you like a look of death. Like they will not laugh at everything. And a lot of people who think they're funny, a lot of people who are funny in real life, which I was really funny in real life, like before doing stand-up. I think I'm less okay. funny now. Less, I'm, I'm way less funny on stage than I am in real life, but but I'm still really funny on stage. But a lot of people think they're really funny and they talk a lot of shit like, oh, I, I could be funny, I could do this. And, and um, you know, advice, I, I, I said if people at my job, everybody... Everybody has, like, wives and kids and stuff. I say, well, oh, you want to do – they always want to do stand-up. I say, well, what do you want to – you have to sacrifice something. Oh, mm-hmm. you have uh, your kids in Little League. Okay. Or you have to sacrifice time with your wife, your second job, or your kids. you got to sacrifice something. Mm-hmm. So – or else, you're, you know, you're not going to do it. You're not going to just – they think they're just going to get up on stage and get the payoff. But right. a lot of times you might have you might have to, like, just – suck a bunch of cocks. I don't mean literally. Right, right. On stage, week after week after week, to get like, oh my God, I'm on a Saturday night show and so and so is is headlining and and the the show's packed and like everyone, you might do five of those shows and and everyone like hates you, but then you'll do one and and it's like the greatest feeling ever. And, you know, it's not not just going to happen. It could... A lot of times, it's good. It happens. I've seen a lot of comedians get up and and just kill like their first night. Just get, you know, it's like it's like Texas Hold'em poker. Like you could, you do have beginner's luck. So that's why mm-hmm. comedy is fun when you start. Like when I first started doing New York Comedy Club, I thought I was like the comedians. The comedians actually liked me on in the open mics. So I thought I was the funniest person in the world. Until I got up, I, I booked myself at Gotham Comedy Club like a month later with like no experience. And, okay. And I did like, there was like a writer strike going on. I was like, hey, you out of towners? You here to see the, here to see Broadway? Oh, I'm sorry. And everyone laughed because it was like a writer strike. And then like two minutes into my set, uh, a bit that I do, like I do bits for my friends. That's how I started doing stand-up because I was like, oh, I'm okay. doing all these like, I'm doing all these like little skits just walking around talking to people like a psychopath. And I used to do this thing about how everyone's favorite episode of, of All in the Family was the one where Edith gets raped. And my friends all thought it was funny. And that's another thing that you can't, you can't take for Like, you can't just get on. I've seen a lot of comedians get on stage and tell, like, a story about how them and their friends got stoned and they ate Twinkies and stuff. And, like, right. that's funny with your friends, but right. it's not funny to, like, a bunch of strangers. <laughs> and you have to you have to figure that out. So so it but, looks like in terms of like you're saying, you really have to be kind of hitting the ground pretty hard, you know, doing as many open mics as you can, um, and being mindful that I guess you're going to have a lot of comedians in the crowd. That is it a competitive thing that they're not laughing, or they're just what do you think that's about in terms of them? It's, it's kind of half. It's kind of half competitive and half half that they've they've heard like every jerking off story they've heard every witty observation they really it's not their fault they're really all there for themselves because i'm mm-hmm. i'm honestly not there to i do go out you know um i do look on the bright, bright side i'm like oh i have to blow a whole sunday but at least i get to see like i know that if i sit through like a hundred minute open mic i know that somebody at least is gonna like say blow my mind with something amazing but you right. might have to sit through like like 
like an hour of like horrible people for that. <laughs> right, right. But, but no, sometimes I, I actually, I actually, you also you also <laughs> have to like make yourself enjoy watching. I I love I love to go to shows where where I'm not on them, but it's all like my level of of like comedians and friends because. Cool. Then I just get to sit in the audience and not be nervous and not worry about my set and just like watch them all like worry about production and stuff. Right, I just like right, to laugh right. at other people's pain. Is basically how that goes. <laughs> right. So what I mean, what comedians do you think have inspired you? You know, some of the people that are out there today. Are there any specific comedians besides the ones, of course, that you mentioned that have been helpful to you, but are there any specific persons that, you know, that have been around for a long time or even maybe that are not around any longer that have inspired you and yeah. influenced you? Yeah, I, I used to, when, uh, back when, when, uh, we got our first VCR, I, uh, one of the only tapes we had was George Carlin. <laughs> we used yeah, to watch George him. Carlin all the time. Me and my sister, I remember like just being young and being, being like, just, I don't know, listening to like records of Eddie Murphy and watching George Collin when I was like way too young to be listening to that. <laughs> right. So I was into stuff like that. Uh cool. I was really, really into uh Greg Giraldo when he passed away. Uh, yeah. like, a year, like a year and a half ago. I'm actually mm-hmm. doing uh an I, nobody there's not one person that's behind me on this, comedian or friend or anything, but I did a Greg Giraldo tribute show where I got up and did Pardon me, I'm a little burpy today. I did a uh, <laughs> set of Greg Giraldo, and everyone was supposed to come and do like their favorite Greg Giraldo jokes, and and uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it again next year. But like everyone thinks I'm just a psychopath for doing it. But I'm gonna do it like like either end of September next year or beginning of October. Well, it's really nice. So. I mean, why don't I mean that's kind of interesting. Why do you think people are not behind that? I mean, especially since he was a very well-known and well-liked comedian, and I don't know much about him, you know, that much. I mean, I know of the name, and I know, you know, that he's been around yeah, for a while. Yeah, uh, if anybody doesn't know, who, he was the first guy in all the Comedy Central roasts. He was the wow. guy that killed and set, like, the bar really high and made those roasts, like, really great. And mm-hmm. he he had the kind of career that I liked because he was, like, that, that 40-year-old guy complaining about his wife and kids, but... But he he didn't do he had a like a really crappy sitcom but he did he didn't do like shitty movies or anything he just did comedy related things right. like he'd pop up on the Gong Show or the roasts or or there was a show Root of All Evil where comedians would debate over stuff and okay. he just that's what I want to do like I don't even I I don't really want to be an actor a lot of people used to make me want to play like vampires in movies <laughs> stuff like that. And okay. I I don't mind like I do I want to do sketch comedies and stuff but I I mm-hmm. just really want to have I want to have parts that are like like me playing myself kind of parts or cameos and little you know I don't want to be you know super actor I I actually really you know I started because I wanted to do roasts okay was you know and uh, the thing is you can't just you can't just get up and Hey, like get up and just do comedy. You, you've got to, you got to practice. So it's like, if somebody were, I kind of, even though I'm doing like the garbage man thing, I'm kind of keeping myself disciplined to like, like I don't get up on stage a million times a week like some of my friends do. I get up a couple right. times a week just to stay in practice, and I'm kind of staying in practice so that like one day I, I come home and I get, and this happens. I've come home and gotten emails 
where people have been like, hey, you want to do this gig with, like, somebody really cool or, like, a really cool – oh, and back to the uh, why nobody wanted to do the Greg Giraldo tribute. It wasn't having yeah. to do with Greg Giraldo. I did I did another show before that called Hosting Boot Camp. It was a Rodney okay. Kings of Comedy production. And nobody – I couldn't I couldn't explain it to any of the comedians. It was basically like a hosting workshop that they charge, like – those people charge, like, 50 to to $100 for. But mm-hmm. it was, like – a silly, it was kind of like a satire of a hosting workshop where, like, you'd, like, throw stuff at people. Everyone would take turns hosting, and you'd, like, do all different obstacles, like, like, uh, I don't know, yell, I was, like, yelling at people, like, the, uh, the guy, the sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, like, while they were <laughs> calling them scum and stuff and choking them and, and all sorts, like, I put, like, all the furniture in the room in front of the stage. It was kind of, like, a satire, uh, it was my expression of everything Everything that could go wrong, right. like when someone introduces me or I do a show, has gone wrong for me. So I've gotten to the point where where I kind of just, I laugh at it because it happens at every show. I did a show, I did, uh, I got to perform five times last week, which is very rare right. <laughs> for me. But okay. I got to, I, and, uh, and I did I did Saturday night. And there was an English guy who was, uh, I, don't, I don't have to mention his name because I don't even know his name, but he was like, he was kind of like annoying the producer and, and whatever and nagging them like, when am I going to go on? I'm tired. And he was like jet lagged. He went on and he said, he got on the stage and said, I am from England. And then he just passed out and fell right on the floor and nobody knew. No. Everyone thought he was joking, but he really just passed out. And... And, like, I was behind the curtain, and I heard this guy fall. I didn't get to see it, but I heard him fall. And I was like, I, I don't I don't really get nervous for those shows anymore because I've done so many of them. And actually, mm-hmm. that New York Comedy Club Saturday Night is, like, one of my favorite shows to do. So, so I actually started getting nervous because I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I look through the curtain, and they're, like, they're like helping this guy off stage, like, they're like walking oh him off the God. stage, and I, I thought he, I really thought that like an ambulance was gonna like like a stretcher was gonna come, but they just right, walked him right, off right. the stage. And then I thought the host, I thought the host was gonna like do a couple of jokes to warm everybody back up because everybody was like horrified. And then she just introduced me. Oh my God! Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that that's. That's so typical. I when I first started doing open mics in Manhattan because I did I did a bunch of them in '04. I did like a bunch of them in Staten Island. Then I did some a year later in Manhattan. Okay. Um, they I was the only one on the show that never knew when I was going up next, and that still happens to me a lot because someone will tell me like you're after this person, and then this person will go up, and then they'll name somebody else. I've actually had someone walk up to me. A host walk up to me a minute before he got on stage, tell me, point at me, you're next, and then introduce the person next to me. And it happens all the time. Oh, gosh, that's crazy. So how do you and mentally yeah. prepare yourself for that? I mean, knowing that you just, it can happen you at any to, point. <laughs> you, have to pra- you have to practice. You have to love misery and chaos. <laughs> right. But uh, my, my sanitation job's like that, too, because you, you never know, like, crazy stuff like that happens all the time. Right. Right. Which, well, tell, uh, the crazy, <laughs> tell us a crazy sanitation job story while you're talking about crazy stories. Um, well, it wasn't it wasn't me, but some I should make it me in the story. But this guy, all right. So I backed the truck up into this boat, and it hit the boat had a hitch, and I started driving with it, and I didn't know it was attached <laughs> to the truck for like 
for like 10 miles, and the commissioner pulled me over and started screaming at me. But that wasn't oh, really me. That was some other guy. <laughs> but that actually happened. Oh, uh, it's very sketchy. There's deer on Staten Island now, and somebody, uh, people like, have, I don't know, we're not supposed to throw deer away, but they tell us to. All right, actually, there's a real funny story is, I should make it me again, too, but this okay. guy. <laughs> all right, so I had to pick up this this dog that had just died, and it was a, it was a mother, father, and a little kid. And we put him in the side bin, and we told the we told the family, yeah, we're going to bring him to dump, we're going to bury him. And then we just drove around the corner and cycled him up with the garbage. We didn't know that the family was following us in their car. Oh, no way. So, wait, what did you, yeah. you end up doing with the dog? Cycled him up with the garbage in the back. Oh my god! No, these are these are just me putting myself in store. It's like right, nothing crazy. You didn't actually do that, right? No, right. that was somebody. It happened, but wow! So do you have to me. pick up a lot of like dead animals? The worst thing I've ever had to do was they sent me to pick up a dead raccoon across the island, and they sent me with a rake, and I was like, "Why are you sending me with a rake?" And then when I right. got there, it was just the grass was just like fur and grossness. But <laughs> actually, I want to get back to the comedy chaos. Okay, sorry. Let's go back to the comedy chaos. I, I do, I do did, these kind of gigs. Ho- but I did think to that escape, people would to find some from of my your... garbage job. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I thought people would find it interesting, too, and entertaining. So, okay, so let's go back to comedy. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> this is something that has probably only happened to me. There was a girl host. I do a show every – for my birthday, I always do, like, whatever Saturday I take off and I do a comedy show – you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I like to do. And uh, last year for my birthday, I did I did a show at Gotham Comedy Club, and I I saw the host was a girl that he knew from from open mics and shows and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is nice and comfortable because the host knows me. Okay. Right before I like to kind of like I don't know I ha- I you know right before you're getting introduced and going on stage when you're like the most nervous. So, and we had all that snow last year, so I didn't really have a lot of time to prepare for the show. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, that that birthday show last year, so so this girl she says they ask you the host will ask you like what your credit would be, and uh, I said just just say uh, I was like uh, just say this guy has his own comic book, and she's like I'm not saying that you don't have your own comic. She's like oh some she starts arguing with me about my credit, oh my <laughs> like right before I'm getting on stage, and oh I was like well, who the hell does this happen to? So, so what, that's the kind so she of wouldn't, she wouldn't right. So she wouldn't mention that you have a comic book. I I had my portfolio with me. I was like, I'm showing her, and she's like, looking, right. judging me. I'm like, who the hell? The host's job is to like make you feel Introduce super comfortable you, right. and hype you up and like get you is to host you. Oh Not my to, like, god! I couldn't believe she did that. I was like, so I. It's just I I swear it's just things that just happen. You know, to me. There's no. You need to just you can need to compile these stories, Joseph, and just put them into a book because it's hysterical. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Or make some, like, little sketches, like some little, just like, you know, comic strip things of these scenarios happening. It's hysterical. <laughs> Funny. I'll help you with it. I enjoy stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, no, it's really, I mean, it's it's cool to see everything that you're doing. You're doing a lot of great stuff, and, and don't, you know, don't poo-poo anything you're doing because you've done some awesome stuff. Your comic books are they're fantastic. I think they're top-notch from the illustrations oh, to the content. No, you're, you're really doing some great stuff, and, and keep up with it because you're only going to keep, you know, getting better as you go along and, and breaking ground, and, yeah. Can I tell you my inspirational reason for doing comedy? 
Go ahead. Get the tissues ready. Well, when I'm at when I'm at work, and I have like you know comedy on my iPod and stuff. It's on shuffle, or even if I just see a show, basically that one joke that you see on TV or hear that one joke that like makes you laugh that you like like you get I get jokes stuck in my head like a like the way you get a song stuck in your head, right. or I'll just hear it. You know, I'll be having a really bad day and I'll just hear it on on TV or my iPod. And that that really like will turn my mood completely around from like wanting to like jump off a cliff like that one, and it's like I know I have jokes that there's a everyone everyone that's seen me a few times has like their own favorite joke of mine. Okay. So I know that like there's that, and if you know people have told me like oh I was thinking about your joke the other day and cracking up, it's like that's that's it. You know, of course I want you know money for bling and stuff like that and and. Right. Uh, Whatever, but but I that's really like that's the the good thing I could do for people. It's just right, just hearing people that knowing that they enjoy your comedy, it's made their day and it's had an impact on them. Yeah, or the comic books. The thing with uh, the the reason why I'm still walking around selling the comic books because we sold we sold like over a thousand of them when they wow. first came out. But that's awesome. But like I'll not sell them for like a year straight. Then I'll put them on on eBay right before Christmas and sell a few of them, and then I'll stop. Okay. But the reason why I'm still, I still like the reason why we even got to like five issues, and we did a lot of other stuff. People think we only did those five comics. We did a lot. Me and Scott, me and have done a lot of stuff. Nice. But the reason why we got that far and we did so much stuff is because people would would go crazy over it. Like, even if it was ten people that really loved it, they went, in, like, it was their favorite thing in the universe. That's and cool. I can't, like, sometimes I can't even look at them because they're like, so ridiculous. They're so, like, they're ten years ago for me. They're just, like, who I was ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But they people still really enjoy them and think they're, like, the greatest thing. So, so I'm going to keep That's selling cool. them. And I definitely, oh, definitely, there's definitely, like, sequels that, that we've talked about doing and, and that people, like, want us to do there's been people that want to invest money and have us do stuff and i don't want to get into that but but hopefully hopefully we could do something cool the puppet apocalypse is coming up and constellation part two is coming up so and uh the running kings of comedy has two shows coming up has okay. tomorrow night tomorrow night and then nine days later um at the same place at at the game Formerly Martini Red, has like my whole portfolio here. Uh, <laughs> that would be Friday, March 23rd. We have uh, Joe Romney Jr., Randy Lupo, Calvin Roy, Terrible Tim. Uh, tomorrow night we have uh, Karen Feehan, David Zach, Barbara Perez, Randy Lupo again, musical guest Jacqueline Shaw, and me. Who will be? I'm going to be doing. My goal is. I looked at one of my set lists from like like a couple summers ago where I I did 60 jokes, just banged out right. 60 jokes in a row. And that's what I want to do. I'm going to not host. So I, I've been hosting for like the past year of the shows. But I want to, I want to let somebody else host. And uh, I just want to see if I can do 60 jokes without stopping. That's wow. my goal tomorrow. I don't care, Very, I don't care what happens. <laughs> I don't care that's what cool. the re- happens to those rest of those douchebag comedians. I just want to do 60 jokes. That's all. You just want to do 60 jokes. Yeah. Now, are you going to be also like introducing each one of them, or do you just want to go up there? No, that's what do... I that's what I that's what I've been doing. But right. I want to and go on in the middle of the show and have a, have a whole set, and not worry about introducing people. Nice. But I will be bringing a lot of. Uh, I only have one copy of Constellation Park, so I, I can't sell it. But and uh, I feel bad. I haven't read Scott. Like I've only read a few poems in Scott Schiaffo's book because I'm like I want to get it signed, so I, I don't want to like whip it out at work and get it all mangled. 
That's right, what happens. Right, right. <laughs> That's what happens to me. When it's like I either read a book or keep it in nice condition. I can't do. Oh, a lot of people come up to me with the comics, the comic books, and and they'll they'll really they're really annoying. They'll be like, they'll be like, oh, oh, this will be worth something one day when you're famous. I'm gonna sell it on on eBay. I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> so you won't, will you sign it or no? You won't. No, I signed them, but I just think it's it's funny when I was I was giving them away a, a lot a couple of years ago. I was just giving mm-hmm. the ones that we had a lot of copies of. I was giving away as promotional, and uh, and then people want like or people just wouldn't buy them, so they'd be like, ah, here's just read it, take it, and right, then they want right. it signed. I'm like. <laughs> you have the balls to ask somebody to sign it. something right, you're not you won't even it, pay but... for. Right. Oh yeah. my God, that's crazy. Or they they would say it was the way they would say that. Oh, maybe it'll be worth something someday. <laughs> it's worth something now. Or oh like, man, even, even implying awful. implying that they're not even going to read it. They're just going to save it so that they can make money off of it. Maybe it's like, like right. thanks. Oh my God. That's crazy. Exactly. Well, it's the same thing with my albums. I mean, you know, I've sold some of them, but I use it as a promotional tool, too. So I carry a few wherever I go. I give them out. I'm just like, whatever, you know. So but I think that's a good thing because that also helps you get your name out there, even if the intentions of the person that you're giving it to might not be the best. You know what I mean? Do they say stupid things to you like, oh, I knew you back when, like, like, like do they, they kind of act like they want something, like when you get famous? Like, yeah, sometimes see, I mean, sometimes people are genuine, and they will say, "Oh, can you sign it, please?" And maybe one day, you know, and it, it, there is a nice quality to it. But sure, I mean, I think for me, it's not necessarily the music stuff; it's just people along the way now because I've worked so hard, Joseph, over these past you know handful of years. Nothing has come easy to me. I've earned everything on my own, and now that you know, I have had some bigger names on my show and things like that. You know, people sometimes think, "Ooh, you know, she knows this person, or she knows that person, or what can I?" And that's not cool. You know, I will help everyone out, but the last thing is just asking me for things when you don't even know me yet. Like, at least develop a relationship with me, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I hope you make it one day so that I can say that I knew you. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I guess I haven't made it yet. (laughs) But, um... I hope you become Snooky famous. Well, not oh I, gosh, I mean, like that. yeah, no, well, not, not, not with that, that type of, of uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I not hope doing one any day. Of that I stuff. meant I didn't mean I didn't mean like five foot nothing and pregnant. I meant no, I, I meant know. like ma- making like fifty grand for talking at the college. Right, that'd be cool. I Thank you. One. Yeah, <laughs> I hope. Well, I, I mean, wish that happens same, to you. And same to you. I mean, you've been great. It's been great communicating with you on Facebook. I'm, you know, so happy I've had a chance to meet you through Scott and. Chris and Scott Schiaffo, too, so it's been really cool. Really cool. Oh, thank so, you. It's been great. I'm actually yeah. running to go practice right after this. <laughs> nice, nice. And, well, why don't go, we do this? Go why don't you... Um, hand out some comic books. And go hand out some comic books. Very cool. Where you no, I'm not handing to? them out. I'm, I'm pimping them out. <laughs> You're pimping I'm them actually, out. I'm cool. actually... I refuse to give them away anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so do you just kind of decide what price you're going to make them that night or that you stick to a price? Um, Actually, the... uh. The wrestling ones, we don't have a lot of, the Balls Mahoney and the Crowbar ones. So I'm selling okay. those for cover price. The autograph ones are 10 are going cool. to be $10, but I'm not going to sell those until the 10th anniversary, which is 2003. Uh, right now, I'm selling PP Faces, number one through three, in per- <laughs> only in person. For I'm actually selling those for $0.10 cents each, but a lot of people... A lot of people, if they feel inclined to uh, buy the other ones, that'd be cool, or buy more stuff. 
Nice. I'm actually just trying to get those out. So, so cool. you heard it here. Ten cents for till the end of 2002. Um, what else? What else? Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank yeah. Scott Meany and, and uh, for getting me for getting me this gig, and thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I gotta go, go practice. I have no no fucking clue what I'm gonna say on stage tonight, Carrie. I gotta tell you. <laughs> I, I wrote like maybe one joke in the last two weeks, but <laughs> you throw some of your old material in there. I'm sure you do a great job. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, but please, and again, we'll keep in touch, and you know, hopefully, maybe we can do a a show one time with you and Scott and Chris and Scott Shampoo and bring you all on, and we'll do some type of a, a round table or something like that. I'm trying to think of different ideas and different concepts to start bringing to my show to make it stand out and be a little unique from other stuff out there. So we'll talk about stuff like that. We'll call that episode Four Guys Yelling Over Each Other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. So why don't, I mean, thank you so much for coming on Plug, please, again, you know, where people can find you and get access to your comedy books, and then uh, we'll... Uh, yeah, whatever, whichever you could remember, uh, okay. monkeypantscomics.com or the Rodney Kings of com. Either one of those, or uh, uh, next week. Next week, I'm going to be putting everything back on eBay. So you just go on eBay under Bold Mahoney Comic Books. Nice. Or I just uh, spent six hours this morning doing about two hours worth of work on the website. So go to monkeypantscomics.com and check out uh, the section that says Web Comics. I found a disc from 2003 that me and Scott have a bunch of artwork and comic book stuff on. It's really funny. Nice. I was cracking up all morning looking at it. <laughs> So cool. It's really funny. Very he's uh cool. he's he's doing he's doing uh sci-fi comics and and magic comics and serious stuff right now and serious serious puppet shows about uh puppets killing everyone. So he might be ashamed of that stuff. <laughs> so that artwork from ten years ago. So that's even even better reason to go look at Scott Meany's artwork okay. on MonkeyPantsComics.com and go to the buy comics page and buy a bunch of comics. Nice. So, Sounds yeah. good. Cool. Well, it was great having you on, and please um, just to be aware the podcast will be available once it's, our, our show is over, so you can promote it. It'll be available indefinitely, and people can download it, stream it, do whatever they want to do. And cool. Do really I'm well with spamming that to everyone. Yeah, yeah, just send that I'm, out. I'm because... spamming that shit to everyone. <laughs> All right, thanks and, for and having me And they do really on. well. Yeah, absolutely. My podcast do really well, too, so just keep promoting it, and we'll keep getting your name out there that way, too. All right? All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks I'll, so much, I'll keep Joseph. in touch. Good okay. night. You too. Have a great night. Thanks. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, you just heard about Full Hour. Joseph James, please check him out. He's a comedian. He's a comic book writer. He has a fascination with uh, the WCW wrestling, and he's also a sanitation worker. So this guy is very uh, multi-talented. So go to Monkey Pants Comics. Dot com and uh, check out Joseph James and his comics along with all the other, all the other amazing people that he has worked with. Um, okay, let's see. What do we have coming up? Next week I have a death metal band coming on. They're awesome, this band. And I actually had the honor of meeting them a couple of weeks ago at Zero by One Sound Studio. And we're going to check out a commercial from them in a moment um, to wind down the show. So next week is the death metal band. I am the truck. Primary. I, it's, I think that's how I pronounce it. It is, um, I am, the word, the, and then it's T-R-I-R-E-M-E. 
and they are on Facebook. They have an album that just came out. Again, it was recorded at Zero by One um, Sound Studios, and Jason Ruck is the award-winning engineer who has mixed and produced the album. Really good stuff. These guys are going on tour in April, so we're going to be promoting them next week, and that is going to be on Tuesday, and let me just get the date. That will be March 20th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And then I have tons of other people coming up in the next few weeks. Um, I'm constantly posting it on Facebook. So you can check out The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter, at Carrie Edelman. You can visit my official website, which is CarrieEdelman.com. And I have two personal pages now on Facebook because I just maxed out um, my original page. So I want to keep in touch with everyone. So please send me friend requests. And last but not least, if you're interested in checking out any of my music, um, I have a fan page on Facebook under Carrie Edelman, and you can also check it out on iTunes, CD Baby, and all other major digital sites. So let's check out a commercial from Zero by One Sound, and then we're going to go into my um, ballad, Another Life, to wind down the show, and we will be back next week. Thanks again, everyone, and have a great night. Zero by One Sound, South Jersey's premier recording and audio production studio, featuring award-winning engineers, state-of-the-art gear, and spacious tracking rooms. Zero by One Sound offers musicians of any genre an exciting and professional recording environment. Call us now at 856-396-7672 to discuss your project and take a tour of the studio. Or visit us on the web at 0x1sound.com. 